0: wonderful to have everybody here tonight. We're glad to have you joining us. Have you ever wondered how R2D2, the robot, opens PDF files? You're probably wondering that just a little (laughs) while ago, I'm guessing. He he uses Adobe 1 Kenobi. That's how you do it. All right. It's time for something more serious with Dr. John and the technology
1: spotlight. (laughs) Welcome to the guessing game. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you a question, and we're going to see if you can get it. And you could win 1,000 points. Dollars? No, points. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what are points, you know? Like knowledge points, right? <laughs> okay, so look at this picture and tell me how does this thing fly? Okay, okay. If you said that it flies because it's lighter than air, then you were right. Now, double or nothing, the next question, how does it fly? How does it fly forward? And that's what we're going to talk about. If you take another look at that picture, it doesn't have propellers. It doesn't have jet engines. It doesn't have any normal way to propel itself. Instead, it's propelled by buoyancy. And that's pretty awesome for a few reasons. We're going to talk a little bit about it. First of all, what's buoyancy? Remember how when you put a boat on the ocean or in the water, in the bathtub, you know, (laughs) and it floats? Well, buoyancy is what's holding it up. And essentially, the boat or the water that's displaced by the boat is lighter than the water or that area. And uh, so the water is pushing the boat up and so that buoyancy is holding the boat up. Well you can also have the same kind of buoyancy in the air. If you have a hot air balloon, remember how you get the, hair, the air inside of the balloon hotter than the air outside and so it's thinner and so the balloon's lighter than air and so it goes up. Well in this case it's a blimp and they filled it up with helium but it's the same idea. It's lighter than the air and it goes up. So buoyancy lifts it up. Now they've added a little computer in there and a little compressor so it sucks in air, and as it does it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and pretty soon it starts falling. Well, then that's a way to get down but as it falls they tip it just right so it moves in the direction that they want to go. And so if you can imagine these wings on it being tipped just right as they're going down they're gonna make it want to go uh, in this case it would come towards me you know if we tipped it like that then it would go towards you. Right? And so by changing the way it's tipped, as it's going down, it'll move forward or backwards. And then they can tip the wings the other way, and as they move up, when they let out that compressed air, then it goes up. And as it goes up, then it moves the right direction. And um, as you think about it, it's kind of like a fish swimming, isn't it? And this technology has actually been used in submarine robots for quite a while now. And if you take a look at this robot, this robot's been out there for a really long time, months and months. And because of this propulsion and how efficient it is, it can keep moving around. And, uh, for example, staying in the area that they want to look at, they want to look at the water temperature and take pictures and things, it can stay there using this propulsion system with very little power. In fact, it doesn't have to have a lot of energy from solar or something, and it can spend most of its time under the water. In fact, it comes up just to get a GPS signal and see how, how far away it is or where it is and send its information to the maybe a satellite and then back to headquarters, right? <laughs> well, if you look at it, you can see how there are a bunch of fish swimming under there, and it's been around for a while, and you can see the stuff growing on it. And uh, they've even had sharks come and bite these, you know, (laughs) as they're out there for months and months on end. Uh, uh, But the way it works is it's got some ballasts on it. You can kind of see it there. And uh, those will expand to make it lighter and then contract to make it heavier. And so it can go up and down, up and down. And that's how they can get this kind of efficiency. Now what if we do the same thing in the air, right? Well, air is like 1,000th the density of water, and so it doesn't work quite as perfectly, as efficiently, or as easily. But way back in 1864, around that time period, an inventor came up with this idea and patented it. And he had it all figured out. The way you get your balloon to start coming down is you let out some of the air, and then... uh, the pilot runs to the right end of the aircraft, depending on which way he wants to go. So it tips you know, as they're going down. And then, and then you drop some weights. You know how they have those counterweights? You let some of those fall. And then the pilot runs to the other end, and so it tips the right way. Uh, well, it was before its time. you know. <laughs> Nowadays, we have a lot better system that uh, can actually compress air and decompress it really quickly. And so they can get this motion going up and down. And depending on how fast they can get and the right angle that they can get, they can uh, change how fast they can go. If you take a look at this diagram, you can kind of see their strategy here. When it's going up, then they can tip that way and they can get the propulsion to pulling them forward. And then when they go down, they tip the other way and they can still be going forward. And so again, it's a lot more efficient to change the buoyancy of their aircraft up and down, up and down, than it is to, say, have a propeller or have a jet engine or something like that. And, of course, all the really, I I was going to say heavy lifting, but the light lifting is from that helium that's holding the balloon up in place anyway. So um, in their experiment, this was a group of U.K. universities that worked on this. In their experiment, they put solar panels on those wings And they calculated that the panels, even though there aren't that many, they would generate enough electricity to power the aircraft, you know, propel it forward, and charge its batteries so it could continue to propel it at night. So it doesn't take very much energy. And the idea here is for it to be able to stay out for a really long time, even months. And, um, you know, this isn't going to... Break any speed records. It's not going to get you there faster than a jet by any means. Uh, But the idea here is that we could have something that stays up in place for a really long time. You know how we have satellites, and the thing that's so good about satellites is they're always up there and broadcasting the signal. Well, there's another kind of thing they call a pseudo-satellite. This is where it doesn't quite go all the way around the Earth, but it just kind of goes up high. And that's what they're trying to do here. If they could have this blimp stay up, Uh, you know, several thousand meters instead of way high up like a satellite, and uh, it would cost a lot less than a satellite. And if it could stay right in the right position because of this propulsion efficiently, then it could, for example, give us Internet connectivity. And one of the problems with satellites way out in space is there's quite a bit of latency for the signal to go up and come down. So if it was closer, then it would actually be a better experience, wouldn't it? So it's pretty neat, and this has been around in the water for a while, but now in the air it's kind of new, and they're still developing it, but it it has some potential for applications like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I'm not full of hot air. Uh. (laughs) And, well, that's all the tech we have the time for. (laughs)
0: I thought it was going to be serious, but <laughs> all right. It's time for Tobias with the breakthroughs in science.
2: Oh, I'm excited tonight because for the breakthrough, I actually have a demo. Yeah, so I'm just going to take a moment and mess around with my touch screen. Check this out, watch closely. Ooh, I need, like, I need intro music, you know? Like, oh, ho, ho, it's magic, you know? It's actually not magic, okay? It's science, which is basically magic. That's why real scientists are real magicians. Hashtag goals, okay? (laughs) But you know what's even cooler than what you just saw? Not my hand. (laughs) Watch this. I just added fingers. Here we go. Whoa, whoa. Okay, now that seems... (laughs) what is this, 2020? Yes. So that used to be really cool. It still is really cool. But the fact that we can touch with multiple fingers on a touchscreen that's one of those incredible things that not all touch screens can do. And how did we get that? How, do, how does this screen know where my finger is? Is it just, a, is it magic? It's actually a lot of incredible science and breakthroughs that added upon each other to create something pretty amazing. Now, we have to go back to the 70s, which is where we're going to talk about, and there are m- lots of different kinds of touchscreens, but really, it's trying to help the computer know where our finger is pushing down on the screen, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to somehow sense that on the screen. Now, there's one kind of touchscreen that's very common called the resistive touchscreen, and that's basically where you have two resistive layers, and they're, they're usually transparent, and there's Barely apart, and they both have a, a an electrical charge, and there's a spacing in between them. And when you push down, if you, you have to push hard enough, and you push into the top layer, and it touches the bottom layer, and it it the screen, aha, he's touching right there, and that's how it identifies it. Well, that one is actually still used in stores and on ATM screens. A lot of places that around, you know you, you, you know, you know you have to push hard. Sometimes they even have a little pen because you have to apply some pressure. They don't show up in the sun as well. Then there's the other kind, or the other really common kind, called capacitive touch screens. And you're not limited to one touching point. You can use multiple fingers, and you don't have to push. In fact, you can just, like, touch it barely. You know, if you, if you wrote that text and you're like, you better not touch it Barely, unless you really want to send it, because the moment you touch it, it's gone. Okay, so there's a lot of accountability here. But the capacitive touchscreen. Well, in the 1970s, there was an organization in Europe called CERN, and two gentlemen were put over coming up with a, a way to solve a huge problem, and it literally was huge. They just made a ginormous system to do some new testing, and this was extremely large. And the kinds of testing that they were going to do r- was pretty dangerous. So they wanted the whole system to be controlled remotely or over here while the system was over here. So they had to run a lot of wires. And this, this was huge. And when I say huge, I mean if you, if you had a button and a dial or a switch for everything that needed to be controlled, it would be walls. Of buttons and switches and you need a, like a bike to get down to the other side to make the changes to those parts and everything you're doing on these control panels were changing something out on the huge system okay so their job was to figure out a way to get this into something manageable okay they had already done a system like this but it was smaller and now they were timesing it by more than 10. so it was going to be ginormous so how are you going to make something that can manage what all these buttons and switches and knobs are going to do. And they wanted to have something that sat on a table. Well, their idea, and the one who was leading this was Dr. Frank Beck, was to make a touchscreen, a screen that could change depending on what part of the system you wanted to control. So instead of having all these physical buttons and dials, you did have something physical, but it was on a screen that could change, and then you could go in deeper and deeper into the settings of wherever you were controlling, and you were actually making things move over there with these controls. And they, they inv- used something that would eventually evolve into the common capacitive touchscreen. Now, again, there were lots of other versions of the touchscreen that were being developed and that would be developed, but this one, the capacitive touchscreen would eventually become what we have on most of our touchscreen devices are gadgets you could say. So how does it work? Well they have underneath the glass they have two layers of, you could say wires and these wires are formed in a grid either squares or diamonds and they're crossing each other and in between the two layers are is is a usually glass um, insulator so the bottom layer holds a charge And the top layer holds a charge. The bottom layer is negative. The top layer is positive, usually. So between each of those cross points, since there's a positive and negative, and they're separated by an insulator, it builds up an electric field. Okay? And it's all balanced. So you've got this grid going across your screen of electrical, uh, you know, the, the currents going through the top and the bottom, positive and negative, and it's balanced. It's all good until the finger comes, okay? (laughs) Um, And when it touches, something happens. So, and I kind of liken this to, you know, a spider web. And, you know, when the spider makes the web and then it sits in the corner. (laughs) I don't know how it sits, but it sits in the corner and a fly comes and it lands somewhere on that web and the spider knows by the vibrations right where to go. Okay, that's kind of an interesting example, okay? But the computer screen... Using this web can identify where it's being touched using the X lines and the Y lines, the up and down, the side to side. Because when your finger, which has a charge in it, okay, we've got a voltage going on um, of positive and negative charge in our finger. When we touch that screen, all of a sudden it changes one spot on that surface, and all of a sudden, there's been a disturbance in the force, okay? So when we touch it, if you look at this picture, there's two lines that are glowing, okay? There's one line on the side to side and one line on the up and down, and that helps the screen, or makes the screen identify where on the screen we've touched, because all of a sudden, the, the charge there is different than everywhere else. And guess what? It works if you touch multiple places. So it's all about... It's, I mean, what, what about your finger? Is it the heat? Is it heat sensitive? It's actually the electrical charge that your finger changes when it touches it. And it, it's extremely fast. And so that's why if you're wearing gloves that don't have the fancy little fingertips on them and you're trying to use your phone, uh, you can't do it. Um, a hot dog works. Don't try it. I, I, I read that. I didn't just say, hey, I wonder. Okay. <laughs> but it's all about that change in the charge so a pretty amazing invention that you know we take for granted so often and yet it makes it's it's like it's magic and i'll you know next time you use a phone i'll bet you're not going to take it for granted you're going to be you know someone will come up to you they'll be hey can you text me that picture sure oh sorry just doing some magic so, yeah, thank you. Okay.
0: All right. And now introducing Roger Billings.
3: And with that that 4th of July intro, (laughs) (laughs) there she is. Happy 4th of July. Same to you. Soon.
0: Soon. Oh, let's start celebrating now. (laughs) Okay,
3: we will start with this.
0: What is this? Oh, it's red?
3: This is what he was telling us about. Yeah? You just touch it. Only before you do, we should give her a goal.
4: A goal. Anybody have
3: a goal we should give her? How about... 74? 74. 74 is a good goal. Okay. 74, please. 74?
0: 74.
3: Mm-hmm. 74.
0: What does 74 mean? It's,
3: it's your goal. <laughs> <laughs> 74 is your goal, so just, just touch, touch it lightly.
0: On top? On the side?
3: S- 74, just lightly. Didn't you listen to him? He was telling about touching, just touch. Okay.
0: See, I don't know what my goal is, really. It's 74.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I need it in my mind to make it happen. So all you
3: have to do is just touch it. You know, it might be better if you did a little more in the middle. Very good. Now, 74.
4: 74.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You see, what good is a touch thing if you can't touch it, right? That's right. So... If you draw two lines, then you can find exactly where the center is. You have to touch it right in the center.
4: Uh-huh. Right? right? I heard right, gold right to be the a scientist center. Hash center. hashtag Right, right, right in the right center. There.
3: Right, that, that's good. Not so hard, just light. <laughs> did you get it? Did you get Surely 74?
0: I did in my mind. What do you think about that, guys?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Should we check and see if she did it? Yes,
0: uh-huh. 74.
3: Okay. This is the cover. And did you get 74?
4: I, not yet. <laughs> How do I check? Just pick it up and look at it.
3: Well, you could take the cover off. Careful, careful. 74. <laughs> careful, 74. careful. Let's see if she did it. And there is the penny. Now check and see. Flip it over. Check. Is it 74?
4: <laughs> um, it's, Yeah.
3: <laughs> Amazing! It is!
4: I did oh, it! It's wow! It's magic! <laughs> wow. It's magic! That is cool. Magic's Somehow awesome. Somehow I think
3: his works better, didn't it? <laughs> it was a good try. Okay.
0: No, I think it worked pretty did well. Did you like that? Pretty, uh-huh.
3: That was pretty nice, wasn't it? I
4: didn't learn to touch it. <laughs>
3: okay, well, I thought that was pretty neat. And a, a buoyancy thing, that was pretty nifty too. Well, I brought my own little craft. And like I was inspired by Doctor John, mm-hmm. so I went solar. Can you see what I've got here? Does this show up? So these are magnets in the shape of rings. Can you see those little rings there? If I turn just right, you probably can. And you can see I've got four of them. One, two, three, four. There's another little magnet in the middle. So this is a magnet base. And you notice down on this end is a piece of plastic. That's a stop. A stop. Stop.
4: Stop it. Stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Stop. Okay. okay. Stop
3: and there's not really much you can do with this mm-hmm. unless you have one of these. That
0: looks cool. Okay,
3: think of this as the craft, the propulsion system. We've got a propeller, right? And we have a couple magnets on the back, a couple of magnets on the front. And right here on the back, it's hard to see, but there's a little teeny point. And there's a reason there's a point. And around here, if you look careful, can you see? I
4: can. These I
3: can are solar collectors.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Solar collectors are special materials that are made so that when light hits them, they rip electrons off, right? And it creates a charge. So just think about this. These magnets, and these magnets are not good friends. They're turned so they repel each other. hmm if I get it off to the side, it sticks.
0: Sure does. But
3: if I get <laughs> it down straight, they kind of repel, and there's two of them there, which means that I can set this on here, and the magnets will all repel each other. Can you oh, see that? Cool. Oh, that's cool. And then the magnet at the bottom mm-hmm. is impacted by this magnetic field that's caused by collecting the light. It's to go into action. And so this little thing can sit here and turn.
0: That
3: is neat. I started it turning. You started it? I I turned it, yeah. (laughs) But now the light is making electricity with these little solar panels, which are making magnetic coil, which are pushing against that bottom magnet, so it keeps turning. And the brighter the light is, the faster it turns. You see, it's Uh kind of run out of gas. I don't know if I can get here quick enough. You think I have enough light on my phone? To be able to keep it going. Go, go, dude. Go, go, go. You can do it. Believe in yourself. Believe in Have yourself. A goal. Okay, I need a bigger cell phone if I'm going to make it go very fast. But isn't that neat?
0: It's very neat.
3: Hmm. Touchscreen.
4: Touchscreen, yeah. amazing.
3: Magic. It's a touchscreen. Go, go, go. Don't Don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Hmm.
0: That's how some of us are sometimes. In the sun, <laughs>
3: this takes off like a son of a gun. But if you notice, that little point is touching
4: That's the
3: stop there. So it can't go further that way, and it's tilted just a little bit. So it sits there, the magnets hold it up, nothing's touching. Isn't that fun?
0: So in the sun, it would be going
4: all the time. Then huh? it
3: really, really goes, yeah. I actually have a little place in Area 51 where I keep this. Uh-huh. I have a lamp I put over it, and it runs for days and days and days, and I let love. And never it never gets tired, does it? Pretty cool. I think it gets tired. Doesn't. It? But it doesn't. It doesn't give, give in to being doesn't tired. You okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'll have to think what, about that would, next would time like I'm in that mode. Would you
3: like to try it over in your part of the world? Okay. I
4: would. Go
0: ahead. Try it. There it goes. It's dying. <laughs> My bad energy.
4: <laughs> Look at that.
3: <laughs> you know, it was ready. Bad idea to put it over there, wasn't it?
4: <laughs> <laughs> i was starting start thinking Sorry, good thoughts. <laughs> thing.
3: So um, what an interesting little contraption, is isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, this has nothing to do with touchscreens. Oh. But I'll put that, that over there. science. I would like to show you the little robot. Now, a lot of Acellus students know about the robots. Mm-hmm. If you look on the back of this, it says Acellus ACD2. Right.
4: That's its
3: name. Yeah. This is a little robot that is used in the STEM course. Some of the students have taken the STEM course. And if you do this at home and you don't have a robot, then you get a version on the screen. But it's really fun to to be able to use this little guy. And uh, (laughs) it's interesting. We build a lot of these robots. And a lot of students have them, a lot of schools have them. And yet, I think they're so fun, I think everybody should have one. And just this week, we uh, ordered a new set of machines, robot machines, that make robots so that we can make a lot more of these and we can make them more affordable for everybody. So Wouldn't that be like fun? baby robots made mm-hmm. by the big robots. These eyes are actually sensors. One sends out a very high frequency sound signal, and the other one picks up when it reflects, and it can be used to find out how far it is from an object as part of the programming. And then on the bottom, we have these little linear motors so that it can walk, and the real interesting thing about this little robot is if you move them just right, it looks like it's dancing. And I am really kind of getting excited about the potential of having bigger and bigger and bigger dance contests with R2-D2. Interesting thing, this robot is used in the cellist to teach people how to program, how to code. Mm -hmm. We call writing program. you write the computer code. And, you know, in this day and age, knowing how to code is becoming more and more important. Everybody should know how to code. It's getting so that you need it in almost all aspects of life. I want to tell you a little bit about some of the ambitions and plans I have for R2-D2. I don't know. How many of these have we we shipped so far? Thousands. We've shipped them to a lot of schools. And I really would like to make them very affordable and, and ship millions, literally millions. So is the
0: AC-D2 for Acellus?
3: Yes. Uh, you heard of R2D2? Uh-huh. It's for Star Wars.
4: Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And so, I believe it was Dr. John, the teacher of this course, that named it R2D2. He thought it was really clever. ACD2, Acellus D2. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah, it is clever. But uh, in the course, you learn how to make it walk, how to control it, how to measure the distance, how to code it. Mm-hmm. But then, you can actually learn how to make it dance. Really? And that's when it Yeah, Have yeah. It can dance. Look at this. And let's see if we can power it with your imagination.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: can you imagine it dancing? Yes,
4: I can. Can you imagine can music really, going? Yes, I can. Okay. It's pretty good music too.
3: In fact, why don't you go ahead and make some music? And let's just see if he can do it.
4: Uh-huh. Is that it? Mm-hmm.
3: It's amazing how he stayed right with their music, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, but I want to talk a little bit about this. We are planning dance contests and bigger dance contests and bigger ones. And the idea is for the schools that have the STEM labs, we want all the students to compete in making the robots dance, like a contest. And so as you write your program, there are like 10,000 different dance positions he can do, or she can do, depends. And my my vision of the future is, is that these little robots will actually even get decorated. People put little outfits and makeup and hair and who knows what else on them, okay? and then they will film the contest and it'll become the champion of the school Mm -hmm. and then the champions of the school will compete and the kids at home will compete and we'll find the big champions. So, (laughs) I'm envisioning this robot growing. I think Mm -hmm. this is the perfect size to develop your program but then when it's time for the school contest, you should be able to put the same program on a big version. Oh, Wouldn't that be fun? That'd
4: be really and so fun. we're
3: actually designing that right now. Just think. So how do you make a robot dance? Well, the linear motors are in here. Everything has to be kept very simple or it get extremely expensive. But it's got to actually look like it's dancing. And, uh, you know, that's kind of hard to figure out. How could you make it look like it's dancing? And better still... How could it actually dance? First thing you need to know about inside of here is a little microcontroller, a little computer. And this computer also has a little micro speaker inside here. So he can actually make his own music because obviously you won't. And if you notice, there's a little (laughs) speaker here on the ears. Okay? okay? So the ears don't hear, they play. Mm Kind of neat. So we could... Make him dance right now. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. How would we do it? I
4: don't
3: know. First thing we need is that music. And your music w- didn't inspire him very
4: much. <laughs> it didn't.
3: Um, we need we need some real dance music. You know, for dance music, it can't just be quiet. Yeah. Same. It's, it's got to have rhythm, doesn't
0: it? I can dance, but coming yeah. music coming out of me doesn't do that. <laughs> Oh, yeah? You're yeah, all ready.
3: Yeah. So okay. let's, let's go ahead and, and make some dance music. Go ahead. Okay. She <laughs> thinks she's going to do the touchscreen thing. That, that was Tobias' <laughs> what? Well, you think your finger's a hot dog? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> no. we Music, you know, it's got to have rhythm. It's got to have beat. It's got to be entertaining. It's got to be enough to inspire this little guy.
4: I'm ready. You want me to do oh, it? Yeah, I want okay. you
3: to do it. Okay. <laughs> this is called a touchscreen, so I'm going to touch it. cha cha cha, cha
4: la la cha cha, cha cha cha,
3: boom. Hey, <laughs> now. We've got music. Wow. I don't think I could ever. (laughs) It's working. It's working. Okay. We got music. Now what we got to do is we got to connect this phone to this robot. And to do that, we're going to have to turn him on. (laughs) Okay. Wake up, little robot. Okay. 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 Now, if I turn on this music and transmit it over Bluetooth to him, well, then he should dance. And if I run, it to him, Hugh read, you know, okay. Are Still you ready? <laughs> do you think my music will inspire him? Oh, I do. I think okay, <laughs> and if you listen, because he's got this little speaker, the sound will actually play through him.
0: Oh, cool. If everything
3: works. Okay, I'm ready. Make everything Oh, this thing's getting It
0: ready. got excited okay. with that music you were doing. There we go. All right, are
3: you ready? <laughs>
4: Girl pop (laughs) music. He's getting ready. Look at that. (laughs) No, you want to try one? Uh, I I am good. (laughs) Wow. You know,
3: that's not the very first song I've ever composed.
0: Is that the first robot song?
3: No, that's the second. You want to hear my first robot song? (laughs) I have it here. I do. Are
0: you ready? I want to hear it. Uh
4: Uh-huh.
3: Not bad, huh? Excellent. You know, if I had some help, uh-huh. I think we could get this thing going. Yeah, big. Uh, I need people that have got a really bright flashlight on their phone. Who's got them? If you got a bright flashlight, come up here, Matthew. Who else? Needs more be on camera. Needs more.
4: Come <laughs> on, Juliana.
3: Come on. Let's get some people here. All right. I need someone else. Who else got one? Come on up here all right let's how oh, about uh all right shell come on up here bring your bright phone we're going to need lots of light here but this will prove that we can do it now you do realize that the light is brighter when you get it closer mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. it's got to be real
3: close here don't hog the whole space <laughs> we just don't have very much light do we okay here we go
0: oh look it's really going to town
3: is it slowing down or is it still going?
0: It's still going.
3: We almost have enough light to keep it going, don't we? Notice it's it's lasting it's longer. Down. It? I think it's that. really neat that you can do that with light. Thank yes. you. You guys are great helpers. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: they like your music. The kids love your your music.
3: The, they're telling me they want to hear. Dr. Page make music.
4: <laughs> is that what they're telling you?
3: Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll turn off this switch here so he doesn't get too excited. And we'll go ahead and we'll let you try Make Music. Now what you do is you push this little red button with your hot dog. And then, and then oh we gotta get, oh, wait a minute, we got a camera on here. I mean a light, when you get rid of the light. Oh, it's gone. Okay. Are you ready? So, you just, do you want me to push the red button for you?
4: My hot dog? Okay.
3: <laughs> here you go. Because he wants to dance to your music. Are you, do you guys want to hear her music? Okay, here we go. I'm three. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> that was excellent (laughs) you you did you did actually you did really really good I got to say okay he's waking up he's waking up wait okay good all right let's see how this one works are you sure This is her
4: pause. Okay. <laughs>
3: you did good. Give me a. You didn't make any noise. You need work on your noise. Okay. So do you get the idea?
4: Uh-huh. Now
3: what I'm doing is I'm just making him do whatever he thinks with the noise. So he's kind of making up a you know, an amateur dance. But the real dances have to be programmed in. And I think this is gonna be a fun movement. Someday when you go to apply for a job to say, let's see your Dance program. (laughs) And if you don't have a good one, they won't hire you, right? So
4: I need to get a good one?
3: If you want to work at McDonald's or or some advanced place, you're gonna have to learn how to do this, all right? So this is an interesting part of of becoming literate. Used to be that if you didn't know how to read, might be harder to get a job. If you didn't know how to write, might be harder to get a job. Might be, I mean, you can live your life without reading or writing, but if you learn to read or write, then there's a lot of things you can do. And now learning coding is becoming more and more important. And coding is the ability of telling a computer to do things in its own language, in computer language, which is pretty neat, isn't it?
0: Do you really want me to make music?
3: Yes. Okay. Yes, I really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you want to? Sure. You want one more chance? What do you think? Should we give her one more chance?
0: I don't know what I'm gonna sound like.
3: Let's just ask. Does anybody want her to have another chance? Okay, let's look on your thing.
0: Look, no, they don't.
3: No, they don't. They like Dr. B's music. That's what they said. I I think we'd like to try it, wouldn't we? Let's just
0: So how do you how do you make those how do you decide what to say? It's
3: it's your voice and your nose and your you'll you'll get it. Are you guys ready? She's actually feeling very, very self-conscious right now, isn't she? (laughs) Can you imagine how I felt?
4: I think you... (laughs) You practiced it, though, before. I practiced it.
3: Yeah, okay. All right, so you just push the red button. And then you just really, really go crazy. Here we go, guys. Now, come on, let's all give her support. Crazy? You are crazy, like
4: screaming? (laughs) Okay, maybe,
3: maybe we could give her the rhythm, Okay. Are you ready? So we do it all together.
0: Oh, have fun! <laughs> Boy, it's not
4: helping. it's, is it's monkey
3: music. <laughs> she did. You she did monkey that? music. That's okay. awesome. So you want to see how the little robot responds to your music? Okay, so it's all woke up. Are you awake? He's all awake. Okay. This is the Dr. Paget original (laughs) composition. This could be one of the top hits next year. (laughs) I meant on her planet. (laughs) Okay? This is the kind of music you like. Are you ready? Can you hear this? (laughs) Holy
4: smokes.
3: (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad that we gave her a chance to do that. You
0: know, it likes me. It knows
4: how to move. You see that? I've never seen that move.
3: (laughs) That's pretty good.
4: See, that's how we make people move.
3: Don't you feel better now that you actually did that? (laughs) Got past one of my
4: fears. (laughs) So, one of her
3: fears again. One of my
4: shyness (laughs) moments.
3: Yeah. So, uh, next week... I want to uh, bring you a special treat. Oh,
4: yeah? Yeah. I think Did I you? deserve one after that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I found out that uh, the carnivals were pretty well shut down because, you know, the, they had the virus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I called the carnival and I said, are you guys really closed?" Yeah, we're all shut down, you know, the virus. And I said, what about a small gathering with masks? So, Saturday, I've arranged for the best carnival in the Kansas City Midwest area really? to do a carnival for us.
0: Oh,
4: how fun. Yeah.
3: And you know why? Why? I wanted to try out the drone. Can Ooh. you imagine doing a carnival and having a drone shot at night? So, 4th of July, Saturday night, we're going to go for it. Oh, yeah? yeah. And if there are any students that happen to be close enough to join us, reach out. We'll invite you because we're actually going to have a carnival night. Now, in uh, carnival rides, you know, there's all different kinds. There's my favorite, the merry-go-round. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hard part about the merry-go-round is to be able to steer the horses. I've tried and tried. <laughs> they, they kind of go where they go. It's been a lifelong challenge for me. But uh, they have another amusement ride that is called the Pendulum. In fact, the brand name of the particular one that this carnival has is called Freak Out. Yeah? Freak Out. And it's a great big pendulum that swings back and forth. Only while it's swinging, the tip turns. And inside the tip, there are four chairs facing each other so they all turn together. So while you're swinging, this thing goes back and forth. And you get the sensation of weightlessness. Every time it swings up for just a second, you feel like you're weightless. And then it swings down, you feel weightless the other way. But while you're feeling weightless, It's randomly turning, and the effect is to make you feel things that a person is never, a person on this earth, is never supposed to feel, okay? So we're going to try that out.
4: (laughs) That sounds intense.
3: It is intense. Mm. And we're going to have films next week to show, right? Okay. It'll be pretty interesting, so everybody will be able to experience it. But did you know that the freak-out ride costs over a million dollars? to buy. And somebody invented it. Mm. Somebody invented it. And to have this big arm swinging up high like that, they had to have a way to make sure it would stay where it was supposed to stay. And I was real curious how they could do that. How could they get it to really, really, really stay in place? Well, I talked to the guy that owns the ride. and said, how do you do it? And he told me that in the base... When you you get in it, there's these seats you have to jump up in, Mm -hmm. and the seats have a a big bump that you have to jump over to get in, and they're really kind of up high. And so you jump up in, and then the floor drops down away so that nobody will hit their feet on it. But underneath the floor, there's a giant reservoir they fill with water, and that's what gives it the weight to keep it right where it's supposed to be. Somebody invented that. I wow. think it's pretty clever. And we're going to check it all out. It's, a, it's an exciting time to celebrate a holiday like this. Yeah. And this particular holiday is celebrating our wonderful country. And, you know, a lot of things have been happening in the world lately. But I'd just like to express my opinion. I think this is really, really a great country. And a lot of things have happened over the years. A lot of people have done a lot of things that have made the country better. And I think there's a lot more we can and should do. I think so. I would like to set the goal that by the 4th of July next year, the country's considerably better because of all of us and the efforts we make. Another thing I have to throw out, one of our fellow students last night was on, America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. Yeah. And cra- congratulations. What a talented kid. If you haven't seen it, you have to catch the reruns. He played the piano in a composition of his own. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, you should see the way he plays those drums. Congratulations to you. Yeah, it's awesome. fun to have so many SL students with so much talent. Keep it up. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Good night. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next week. Have a wonderful 4th.